If you enjoy Our Sinclair and want to support the show, please visit our page at patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Starquake. Cool name. I tell you, does any word not benefit from having star placed in front of it? Um... I'm sure there are some, but I don't worry. Probably something I could say on the show. I yeah, have a couple. Don't, don't don't work blue right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how many how many games, how many movies, how many TV series have just stuck star in front of something? I guess Star Wars was the first, and everything just kind of. Well, Star Trek came before then. Well, so. Quake is also cool. I mean, you, a Quake is a cool. I mean, because you know there's some action, there's something going on. It's a lot of movement. You know? uh, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't Quake like does. that word. Have yet. you ever been involved in an earthquake? No. Yes. Yes. Uh, where, where were you? When at? I lived in Boston, yeah. there was an earthquake that hit DC that we felt. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in 2000, it was 2011. And the building that I was in swayed from side to side. It was oh, yeah. a very odd feeling. I've got an even more terrifying earthquake story. Were you in Oakland in 89? No, much worse. Mm. So I'm in a Kmart parking lot. That is a scary in place. In Kanawha City. Oh. Right. And I'm eating my lunch. All right. What so, were you eating? Um, I believe that day I was having a Burger King meal. Okay. 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 And so I'm sitting there eating my lunch, and I'm listening to the, some stupid radio program. Shane Armand Row. No, no, it was a AM radio, so oh. it was probably sports or one of the conservative or talk. talk talking heads. So anyway, I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going like this. Oh, what the heck's going on? And I thought some sucker had came up and grabbed the back end of my car and went like this. Just one of your friends playing a little joke Like some, like a joker. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And so I was like, I'm going to fix you. So I put my food down, put my cold one down, Mm -hmm. you know, pop the door open, no one's there. So I'm like, well, I'm going mad, Mm -hmm. you know. So... I finished my meal and I'm going back to the to the computer store and I listen to the radio and it says, Charleston just experienced an earthquake. Wow. And that's what it was. It was a, it was a tremors that went through Charleston, West Virginia, and that's what shook my car. You like were that. in the epicenter. That was it. I think I was the epicenter because I had a lot of Burger King <laughs> and I maybe I turned the wrong way and just that and just set it off. Now when was this? Oh, this would have been uh, two thousand. You know, oh gosh. 2009 or 10 or something like that you know somewhere in that that area of 2000s Mm, yeah so i was i was in korea then that's what that's what it was yeah and that's that was my first diet i was like if i'm starting these citywide earthquakes that was when the vienna sausages started just right down the gully well listen no that's no yes is that was a whole other diet oh this is when i was like i'm cutting my Burger king consumption down by a fourth oh No, uh, no more. You were getting it done. No more two Whopper specials. Now I'm going to go to Whopper, just a double cheese. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sacrifices. Yeah. We got some feedback from last week's episode, Aaron. Oh boy, um, he did it. <laughs> he said, "I just caught the end of your Jetpack podcast, another great and funny episode, and was pleasantly surprised to hear my moniker Steve sixteen three eight four mentioned in regard to the multiplayer Chaos remake I created." Yeah. Oh, he heard. Yeah. Wow. And you didn't you say something like, oh, he's probably not listening, but that's awesome. Unfortunately, since very few people played it, I've since turned off the server and removed it from Google Play, so it's not possible to play it anymore. For what it's worth, though, it's not my only attempt at a Chaos remake. I've created several in the past, as a lot of people have, and my last attempt was a 3D real-time multiplayer version. 
It's not actually playable yet, but there's a small video to show it off. And I'll, I'll dump that in the show notes for this episode. Uh, and uh, he says, cheers, and I look forward to more great Our Sinclair podcasts, Stephen Carlisle Smith. And right after that, he became a Patreon supporter. Wow. That's so, great. You know, that's happened to us a bunch of times where someone that worked on the game or whatever has sent us a message. I love that. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Welcome aboard, Steve. Absolutely. Um, so... If you have feedback anytime for, for R. Sinclair, just send us an email at feedback at rsinclair.com. Or if you're doing anything involving chaos. Yeah. I love that game. Yeah. So, Aaron, let's talk about Starquake. Starquake. Now, this, now, of course, um, I always ask this because I always know the answer. Have you played or heard of this game beforehand? I'd never heard of Starquake before. I, 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 I was so you not. Played it, yeah, I've never played it. So, me either. Uh, but I mean, when I heard the name, I'm like, I get me some of this. This is right up my alley. You know, I like to pick stuff based on the coolness of the name. That's true. So, Starquake would be a good wrestler name. It because you're a star. If you had like, you know, there used to be this wrestling. There used to be this wrestling, uh, boxed wrestling like dice game, and it was like cosmic wrestling. That'd be perfect. Was like, it like muscle, like the little it was plastic sort of like guys? Muscle, but it was like it was like it was sort of like a uh, dice based like strategy game. Okay, you know, but uh, that's where I could see a guy like Starquay cleaning up in that promotion. Me too. So Starquay, this this is a, a game that was uh, published by an outfit. I love this Bubble Buzz Software. That's a great name for a publisher. I like it. And for who? And I just happened to find this. I don't know why, but for anyone that knows or cares. Uh, their offices were at 87 High Street, Tombridge, Kent. You ever been to Kent? Never been to Kent. It's in the south of England. <clears throat> I've never it? been that far south. There, there you go. So this was released in 1985, which was, let's see here, I was the same year I was starting high school, I believe. So I was. this would have been perfect for me if I'd been in the UK. I'd been ready Well, to I was just starting to talk at that oh, time. Oh, well, so. boy, and you never stop, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, this was this game was put together. It was a one man show this week, Boaster. Stephen J. Crow, Crow. Now we've we've ran into Mr. Crow uh, uh, before. Uh, I I will name off some of his other works: The Eliminator, Fire Lord. Listen, this guy knows how to name a game. Eliminator, Fire Lord, Heavy Metal, Netherworld, Wiz, Wizard's Lair, and he also did some games you may have heard of. Iridium and Synapse. Okay. So we've, he's got quite the pedigree. That's right. <clears throat> I love that. Uh, oh, Kent, home of Duncan Styles, by the way. There you go. So it's famous people. Yeah. Lots of famous around. people hail It's from like Kent. Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, this was made on the 44, the 48K uh, ZX. And I will say this comes up with a, uh, a, a, a plethora of control options. Uh, you've got uh, the Kemp's then the inter whatever the interface two is. You want to let me know what that is? I think the interface two is the uh, the interface that gave you joystick compatibility. I see. And and the Kempston is what the joystick thing to give you joystick. It's just a the, uh, Kempston is a third party. Oh, and then I see. The Sinclair interface two was the same thing. It's funny because we haven't seen that come up that often. So did it not get supported that much? I think the Kempston was more popular than the because the Kempston came out before the Sinclair. Remember, Clive didn't want this thing to be a gaming machine. Yeah. Yeah, you might be on something there. Uh, this also lets you use the keyboard and you can redefine your keys, which is important when you're me because I play this with the keyboard. Uh, original retail price of this thing, this is a pricey one, boat, £7.95p. And then when it dropped down to the budget zone, you got it for it £2. That's not too bad, eh? Now, here's something that surprised me, boat, and I'm going to blow your mind. You ready? I'm ready. Set your brain on stun. Okay. This. So this thing got spread around. 
Okay, I'm gonna put my paper on so you can't cheat. Okay, I won't cheat. So you got your, the, it was on the spec, of course, the Amstrad, the Atari 8-bits got this, did you mm -hmm. know that? No. The Atari ST, the BBC Micro, the C64, DOS, the MSX, all right, now how about this one? The, the Einstein Tatung. How did you know that? Because I've been researching the Einstein Tatung and I just had a feeling that that might be one of you the You looked systems. at my sheet. No, yeah. I swear I didn't. What the heck is the Tatung Einstein? That is something that somebody tweeted a picture of one uh -huh. and this thing looks awesome. This is, it's just a, another one of those random sort of like the Auric or the Thompson, it's just one of those 8-bit micros that came out that so sort of kind of died away. Do we and Brittany to put this one on the wheel? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. got games for it? Somebody needs it? to put it in the post to us. I'd has love it, to has have it been, one. Is it, is it emulated? It's got, what's well, got an Elite was ported to it. But I mean, has it been emulated by modern machines? You know? Oh, I'm sure I'll look into it. it. So anyway, uh, that's not the surprising thing, though. Now, here's the surprising thing. Of course, you also got the uh, iPad and the iPhone. This got released on the Amiga... Right. In 2018. That's right. So you did know. Yeah. Why? Well, I don't even remember covering it. But I probably just didn't know what it was. I think we we, we went over like there was a indie retro news probably did a story on it. We briefly covered it, but we didn't know what it was. Moved on. Said, so yeah. put put it on the list. Uh, that's that's going to be on the list there. So uh, what is Starquake? Well, that's a that's a million dollar question. It isn't is. It? I can tell you when I first started playing this game. You know, just to wax for a minute, we are in a unique position. Okay, amongst people that look at Spectrum games. Because we didn't grow up with a Spectrum, we've got no idea what's coming, right? And so every week, unless it's like an arcade portion, I got no idea what mm -hmm. we're doing. Okay, so I load this sucker up, and your little guy's on the screen, and I thought, okay, what do we got here? It looks like it's gonna be some sort of shooter, mm -hmm. all right, like a shoot 'em up. And so I, uh, I hit the button, nothing, like what's going on? And then I hit down, and my guy shoots straight up in the air and with some kind of weird platform. Yeah, starts it's like a floating cloud platform. And I just sat there like, what in God's name mm -hmm. am I looking at? And so then I moved off the screen, and I fell down another screen. And I was like, endless screen. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we are through the looking glass on this one. This, this was it nothing is. like I thought it was going to be. This is, this is, down the rabbit hole is a perfect approximation yeah, of this game. I had, I mean, this, I, you couldn't, I mean, and try to explain what this is to somebody. My kids saw me playing this. He goes, hey, what are you doing there? I'm like, I don't know. Mm. I don't have any idea what I'm doing. So what you're going, what you're doing here, the, the background of this bad boy, you are controlling Blob. Okay, right? what an what a inventively named character. Biologically operated being. Oh. That's pretty good, Boat. Well, we're all Blobs in our own well, way. Well, some of us are more Blobby than others. So here's what's happened, and 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 if you read, I will say that the tape, the notes on the tape, are these are you know remember the last time we read notes on the tape? These are even more ridiculous than those. <laughs> I've got them right here. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna I want to hear it. I want to hear it, man. From the great abyss of a black hole emerges a danger of awesome consequences, a planet so unstable that if its core is not rebuilt, the resulting explosion will rid the galaxy a lifeless wasteland. To the rescue, Blob, hero of the moment. This biologically operating being is chosen not for his super intelligence, not for his fearlessness, nor for his superpowers. His is the only spaceship available. Oh, boy. <laughs> Out to face danger he goes. Trusty spaceship, flight board computer, and galaxy A to Z. Will he succeed? Will he be in time? He'd better. There's no other chance for the world. Message has just reached Earth of an unstable planet. If this planet is not rebuilt, it will implode, causing the whole universe to go kaboomf. 
Struth, a star quake. This what does that mean? I don't Struth? even know. That's the bi <laughs> listen to this. It gets not over. Okay. This biological, biologically operated being is chosen for this ultra dangerous mission. But why blob? Because of his mind blowing hybrid capa capabilities or his artificial intelligence of his anti brain? Nope. Because all the other, all the other guys have pranged their spaceships. So blob sets off for outer space in his trusty ship with just a flight board computer. Gulp. Is he, is he going to succeed? Will he ever get there? Or will the universe go and blob go blip? Gusha Rudy's. Yeah, they say Who that knows? a lot in England. Just but all these and many other answers must be questioned before it's too late. That's now. So what does that tell you about the game? Uh, that tells me I'm about ready to throw down seven pound ninety nine at the W H Smith. Would you buy something that had Gosha Rudy's written Gosha on it? Rudy's. That was. I think that was an '80s term. No, it, it was. It no one has ever said that. Yeah, that no. was. That was your uh, Debbie no. Harrison. She said it all no, the time. No, Debbie Harris. Debbie Harry. <laughs> that gummy boat. Gosha Rubies. So basically, what the mission here is is that you've got Blob. And you've got to go and gather the parts to build a, a basically a bomb that's going to explode this planet. Mm -hmm. Okay, the core, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. Okay, now blueprint this ain't because this is a this has screens and screens and screens. In fact, a guy calculated the screens. There are 512 screens in this game on a 16 by 32 grid. Yeah, I um. I, on World of Spectrum, they've actually plotted this out yes. in a big graphic. It didn't help a bit, did it? No, no, but it is impressive to look at. I mean, it is. it's a lot of screens. This would be interesting to hang in your room if yeah. you had a lot of wall space. It, man, you, with, with these colors, put a black light on that thing. Oh, oh yeah. man, you'd never sleep Call again. Call the ladies. <laughs> you think that'd do it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing turns on a woman like a blob in a, in a 512 screen grid. That's, that's what I use as a pickup line. Hey, babe, you want to see my blob? <laughs> that go too good. That's why I'm single. So anyway, you play a blob. Now, if you were just a blob and you're exploring 512 screens, eh, eh, it might be a little boring. So let's throw in random flying crap everywhere. Everywhere. It's now, worse than blood money. Now, uh, you've got a couple of different varieties of flying crap, Boat. You've got your standard, you've got bugs and... I don't know, shrimp or something. Yeah, prawn. But you've also got these flying tops. These tops are not the tops. The other stuff, they hit you, they just drain some of your energy. The tops hit you, they kill you, drop you, drop you right there. Mm -hmm. So what is Blob picking up? Well, he can pick up a number of things. You've got three uh, bar charts at the top of the screen on this game. You've got one that's just like your battery. It's sort of like your health, mm -hmm. okay? Then you've got one that is the amount of, of self-elevation uh, things you've got left. When Blob uh, wants to go up, he, he, he has two power. choices. But one of the choices is he can basically elevate himself. Yeah. And with some kind of... It's like David Blaine. Well, yeah, sort of. But when you're out of elevation points, guess what? Your elevating days is over for mm -hmm. that guy. And then your last thing is Blob has like a laser he can shoot, like almost like an electrical bolt. And if you exhaust your energy for the electrical bolt, Blob is done shooting for the day. Yeah. You know? So you've got to be very um, careful about how you govern your use of these abilities. Now, uh, what else? What can Blob pick up to help him? Well, they're, they're replenishing pickups for the three main abilities. 
okay? You also can pick up parts for your, uh, th that you need to finish the game, which is to build that big thing in the core of the planet. Uh, another thing you can do is land on these flying platforms. When you get on the flying platforms, you don't have to use your self-elevating uh, blob powers, you can just fly around. It also gives you the ability to shoot up and diagonally up, as mm -hmm. opposed to when you're the blob, you can't do that. Which is weird. I don't know why that would give you that power, but... Listen, okay. it have you ever tried to elevate yourself? Well, Clearly not. not naturally. <laughs> Shazing! <laughs> so, Blob uses the uh, uh, hover uh, pad or whatever to fly yeah. around. He flies He flies just like normal. But when you're in hover pad mode, you can't pick stuff up. Right. You've got to go, and you can't just land the hover pad anywhere. You got, I guess you it's gotta, like a recharging station. Yeah. It's like a Prius. Right. you got to plug that sucker in. Mm -hmm. And then once you land... Then you then can you go can out get, and pick but then, up your thing. But sometimes where you land is not where the item is, and so you've got to backtrack a little bit to get to where it is. A little bit? Well, that's a, yeah, underestimation. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. There's more backtracking in this game than you ever saw. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say you stumble upon a piece that you need to, to start this bomb going. What do you do? That's when you've got to go find the core. All right, now... Um, the core, it could be a million screens over, but luckily for you, there are various teleport pads sprinkled throughout the game. Mm -hmm. These teleport pads work on a password system, all right? So if you go to a telepad, type in a certain word, you will go to another telepad port, all right? That's how it works. Uh, and then you can use that to go and get to, go and put that piece in the core. There are also uh, areas that you can't get to without a coded key card. All right, well, that's a whole other thing you gotta go get, coded key cards, uh, which I can tell you, I never got far enough where the coded key cards meant much because I didn't know what the heck I was doing for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, I can tell you, I spent a, a goodly amount of time playing this, to be honest with you. And of course, the first few hours, I just lumbered around like an idiot because I didn't read the docs. And I, I could hear Boat in the background going, you're dumb. You're a dumb fool. <laughs> Just and, read the docs. And so finally I read the docs, and it didn't help all that much, but it helped a well, lot. Well, I'll tell you this. This is, this is probably the first game that we've done on this show where I've, you know, I do the same thing that you do just contracted a little bit. I start out playing the game. If it's not immediately apparent what I'm doing, I'm like, all right, I'm quitting, and I'm going to read the docs. So I read the docs, and I read through, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. All right, all right. And then I go back to the game, and I feel like I have not been helped at all. Because it's just, it's crazy time all the time in this game. There's stuff flying around. The Because I was reading a text version of the docs, I didn't know what things looked like. I didn't understand the bar system. I think that this game is very ambitious, perhaps a little overly ambitious in what it's trying to do. Well, you know, I... I, I guess I had a better grasp than you did because I understood, probably so. probably understood so. most of the basic concepts right away. My big concern was like, basically, I knew I needed to get stuff. I didn't know where to take it. Mm -hmm. All right, and also I didn't know any of the passwords for any of the. Uh, yeah. Now, how other, do you figure those out? How did I figure them out? I went and found a cheat. Okay. <laughs> that had the passwords written If you, if written you were out. playing this game on natural, how would you figure out? The, I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, the uh, and uh, I don't I don't think they tell you the password when you go in and do that. I don't remember. It's, uh, did it tell you the password when you went in? I can't remember. No, because that's the challenge is you have to type it in. 
Well, right? you, I mean, the one you go in, what it would be. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think it tells you. They tell you what when you're going in. Yeah, but you have really to go ex- okay. find the other ones to teleport to them. Oh, I, see. I see. Now, what does this do? And why would they put this in the game? Well, let me reiterate: 512 screens of game. This game goes everywhere, and I mean, this is one of the most expansive exploration games I have ever seen on an 8-bit machine. I mean, mm-hmm. it goes... It's it's like Ultima or something. Yeah. It just keeps going. You know, and uh, you go up and down. You go up into the stars. It's very Metroid-like. Is it? Yeah. It's very Metroid-like. You mean repetitive and most of the levels look sort of similar? Uh-huh. And yeah. it's easy to get lost? Oh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And to keep in mind, I am the get-lost master. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm King Dong of getting lost. And so I I, I, I thought, you know, I'm going to go. I knew there was a chart. Because I, I was like, some guy has made a chart. You know, and assuming these... I went on the assumption that this game didn't just make up the levels, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I, it's not procedurally generated. And I found the chart. But I spent so much time consulting the chart and pausing the game that the game was very quickly not fun for me. Mm-hmm. Now, in this game, much like a shark, if you stop moving forward, you die. There is no there is no stopping unless you pause the game. I mean, it is... You've the never, enemies will be on you. Yes, and these enemies... and. At bare minimum, they take some of your health. But if those tops show up, and they sort of enemies sort of just come out of the ether, they yeah. fizzle in. They just yeah. Now you know they're coming. You know. Yeah, because they spawn on every single screen. There are no screens in this game with no enemies. Right, right, right. I mean, and and, and if you kill them all, oh, they're coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no stopping. So what's what do you take from this? What you, what I took from this is the following. Because this, after doing some research. This is a very popular game. Mm-hmm. Okay, why? Right. Well, there's a reason. For eight pounds, you get a game that you could explore 512 different screens on, and solve an overarching mystery. You know, uh, and 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 accomplish something very difficult, but not impossible. Amongst the things you pick up in this game are joysticks. Now, do you know what the joysticks do? They cure your health. Wrong. Oh. They give you an extra extra man. Oh, really? So you can rack up a ton of extra man, right? and you're going to go through them. Uh, but you can rack up a lot of them. And I got to the point where I had plenty of extra man. I was just too stupid or lost to figure out the thing. Because that's the meat of this game is keeping track of where you've been, where you need to go, and the overall picture of the map. Mm-hmm. Not my strong suit boat. No. I had to consult Google to get home last week. So I mean, from here. Right. So you can imagine <laughs> what this game did to me. It's very difficult. But uh, there's no doubt that the reason that it's popular is because it provides you a lot of gameplay. Well, not only that, but th- this is a very pretty game. I mean, this game uses all of the colors of the spectrum. The whole spectrum, as it were. And there's very little color clash. Um, the enemies are, you know, uniquely designed. It's not just like geometric shapes. Uh, I would say that of all, everything in this game, you're, the main character is probably the least inspired thing. And of course, he is. A, he's called Blob, so I guess I shouldn't be expecting too much. Mm. But, um, but. I can see why this game, this is very reminiscent of like the ultimate play of the game type games, like a tick attack, you know, very colorful and bright. When we th- compare it's this. Attic attack, for God's sakes. 
I'll never, never. Um, compared to when we talk about Paper Boy, you know, Paper Boy was all one color. Uh, it just goes to show that talented programmers could really get a lot out of the different colors of the system at the same time. To put the complexity of this game in perspective, I told you there were 512 screens. There are 15 different teleporters. Oh, okay. So well, a I lot guess of stuff to keep track of. Just name, just the, remembering the various codes. You've got to have a notebook for this game for sure. I read somewhere that, and this game has an unusual feature, which is a exit the game feature. Right? Apparently, this is not something that's prevalent in these games. And when you hit it, it shows a wacky picture and it resets your spectrum. Oh, I wonder why you need, I guess it maybe is you get to some point and you're totally lost and you just want to start it yeah, over I again. I thought that was strange. Well, it's, it's cool because um, I guess you just don't have to like keep dying. Although deaths come pretty, pretty easy in this game. So yeah, but I mean, you get lots of extra man. So here's my take on this one. I mean, I can tell you when this game started, really, it did. I like this kind of game and, and because I like exploring around but it, it sort of reminded me of a game that i've never had any luck with which is is adventure on the atari mm -hmm. this sort of abstract amorphous kind of weird game where you just kind of wander around yeah i always got lost in that too by the way it's a lot simpler than this yeah uh, you know uh duncan i think in the chat compared this to dizzy he called it dizzy in space uh, I would not necessarily compare it to Dizzy because in Dizzy you're always faced with sort of physical impediments that you need items to progress. This game pretty much lets you roam freely throughout yeah. all the screens. I think Adventure for the 2600 is a pretty apt comparison. Uh, this game also includes these like elevated pipes. You go in, they suck you up. There's also these godforsaken electrical bolts that shoot across these entrances. And those are instant. Those are instant, instant death, death and they're, they're not easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. Also in this game, when you run out of uh, the ability to mo go up or you run out of the ability to shoot, you're pr pretty much dead. Yeah. Uh, and and you might as well just commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And so that, it, you can, obviously you can repl replenish the, the uh, bars for that, but if you're not in an area where you've got extra stuff, you're boned. Mm -hmm. And so you just basically kill yourself. Um, I watched a, uh, I was desperately trying to get a grip on this game. So I watched a, uh, a, pl a couple playthroughs and some and a guy who even actually offered to help you understand what to do and he was so good at the game it made me feel so inferior because he just whipped through it and he basically from what i've read is that if you're if you know how to play this game you can never lose at it and it's super easy mm -hmm. on the other hand <laughs> if you if don't know what you're doing if you're us you're boned boned i didn't come close i did manage to get parts back to the main thing a again after watching playthroughs and reading docs and everything else and looking at a, a list of the teleporters but i got nowhere near beating the game and often i'll have to admit i would just get kind of frustrated and just give up because i just got it didn't to me this didn't hold my attention and the games of this type um are sort of a are sort of of that era to me you know what i mean uh uh when you play a game like Manic Miner, what's good about a game like that is that yeah, it's difficult as hell. But you you beat a level, and then you can in this era you can just hit. There's save no danger of getting lost in Manic Miner, and, right? <laughs> and, and you can just keep cracking at it mm -hmm. if you want to until you beat it. And I guess you could do that with this, but it's I mean you I can't imagine saving your game on this and walking away for like a couple weeks. Yeah, back. Oh, no. you'd be boned. Yeah, you know you you have to know what's going on. Oh, throughout the entire picture mm -hmm. and that that is tough um 
All that said, with that many ports, you know it was pretty popular boat mm -hmm, to sure. get that many ports. So I looked up some reviews on this boatster. Um, and the reviews, I mean, I had to check these to make sure these weren't, I didn't read them wrong, okay? The World of Spectrum gives us an 8.19, which I'm surprised it's that low, to be honest with you. Uh, Eurogamer.net gives us 100. Wow. <laughs> All right. Very they high praise. It. Sinclair user from 85, 100. Mm. Crash uh, of 85 gave us a 96. Was it a crash smash? It, oh, yes. Twice. Wow. The budget got a cra 91. Uh, ZX Spectrum, oops, I did it, didn't I? The ZX Spectrum version was ranked 27th in the Your Sinclair Official Top 100, and it was ranked 10th in the Retro Gear Magazine Top 25 Specky Games. Mm. So this thing was uh, well regarded. And I'm not here to bury this game, I'm here to praise it with a but. And the but being, it's not my cup of tea because it's so, there's so much memorization involved. And at the heart of the game, you're basically running around back and forth over a huge maze and avoiding random crap that mm -hmm. pops up. Eh, it's not my thing. Um, I checked this out on eBay, and you can get this thing all day long for four bucks. Okay, uh, there's so a guy that's, easy to find. I saw a guy that sold 35 of these, and he's, he's selling more. Well, I will say that the uh, the artwork, the cassette artwork, is not very inspiring. Eh. Uh, yeah. the, the Ultimate series is, is, is much better, and, and the, a big part of those games' value, I think, is the great artwork on the cassettes. Yeah, oh, I should admit, it's, you know, we left something major out, and that is the music in this. <laughs> and the music and sound in this are off the charts mm -hmm. for the They're for the very spectrum. good. Uh, I remember last week I said that I mean, this crushes that. Yeah, yeah this, this is way this better. This might be the tippity top for the 48 And the sound effects, I mean, they are great. It reminds me almost like a almost vector scene. Mm -hmm. Really good. So uh, the sound and, and the music of this are the. These are not typical of what you would expect on Spectrum. These are way off the chart. Absolutely. Spectrum. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we did get a couple Discord reviews for uh, Starquake. I'm interested to hear these because I, I didn't know how this was going to fare. Yeah. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, you get access to our Discord server and you too could post a review. Uh, Graham W. Webkey says, even though this game is tough to play, it reminds me of an ultimate play of the game title. There we go. On you first and <laughs> The graphics are nice, sound effects are suitable, and it controls just fine, but you're often punished as soon as the screen loads. I like the title music, and being able to redefine the keys is a nice touch. Oh, yeah. I ended up needing a trainer, and overall, if things were less brutal, this would have been one uh, more fun with all those different screens to explore. Six out of ten. Uh, Chris Folds says... Another game I remember playing as a kid and got nowhere fast. Fast forward 30 years and guess what? I still suck at it. <laughs> that aside, it has its charms, lovely graphics, decent sound effects, and rock hard gameplay fitting of the time and genre. Sadly mean, without those nostalgia spectacles, it's too brutal for me. Six out of 10. Yeah, I, I'm gonna fall in line. Mm -hmm. I think that if the enemies would have been a little bit less aggressive, and if they would have moved along and, um, like, if you would have had some, like, ground-based enemies that weren't quite so just coming right for you all the time, um, that was really the worst part for me that really stopped me from playing more than I did. You know what I'd like to see? A difficulty variance where you adjust the number of overall screens. Mm, yeah. I'm talking, like, instead of having 512 start, like, 64. I think that's a great 128, idea. 128, 256. Make it adjustable. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like me, and, and by the way, there's also, there's no quick game of this. No. You know, I mean, you can you beat this in a half hour if you know what you're doing? Yeah. But, I mean, otherwise, you're going to languish and get lost. 
it, it was just too much for me. This one, though, I think uh, I can understand the appeal. I think part of the uh, part of it's just uh, a different era of of, of players. Mm -hmm. When you're when you're buying games that are bent to last, and this game would have given you a lot of bang for your buck back in '85. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to thank our awesome supporters, our Patreon supporters, our Spectrum supporters that keep this show running week after week. Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbo Knott, Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassel. And a special shout out to our Clives Club members that chose this game for us this week. It was definitely interesting, Bo, that's for yeah. sure. We should also probably mention uh, on here that we are uh, beginning a new voyage into a, uh, onto a different system. Uh, starting uh, probably next month, we'll be looking at the Dragon 32 slash uh, TRS-80 car computer. Uh, we're going to be doing a monthly show uh, where we look at probably a couple games on there, uh, and uh, it will be coming out uh, in the near future. And it's the Coco Show. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. And uh, we're I'm looking forward to exploring some of the games uh, from across the pond in the UK that were released the Dragon 32 that, I, that I'm not familiar with. So it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. We're going to record a quick intro episode. Uh, by the time you hear this, if you want to subscribe, you can either uh, punch it into iTunes, if I can get it in the uh, system, or go over to thecocoshow.net, and uh, you can uh, find a direct RSS link there. Right on. Aaron... Uh, next week, you're going to love this. Oh, boy. We're going to play Popeye. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, one of your favorite arcade oh, games. Oh, man. I'm excited about that. We're going to see how the Spectrum port of this Nintendo Classic holds up. It's funny because we were just talking about the Coco. Yeah. The Coco has an excellent clone of this game called the Sailor Man. Mm -hmm. So, and, and as far as I'm concerned, that's the clone. Of, uh, that's the 8-bit version that all others will be judged against. Yeah. And I've not played the Specky version. This is very exciting. I can't wait. Yeah. So, until then, guys, keep on playing the Specky and rewind tape. And press play.